Welcome everyone to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror one episode at a time. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. And we're still heading deep into July, and this is episode 13, Jaws. <laughs> You're very excited about this, aren't you? I am. And and how more poetic than it being episode 13. Of course. Lucky 13, <laughs> your favorite number. Exactly. What are you drinking this morning? I am going to disappoint you today after last week's adventure. I am having my standard dark rose cream and sweetener. Well, I'm disappointing too. I just <laughs> brewed my at-home Dunkin' Donuts coffee and it's delicious, so it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. We can't be creative every time. No. Okay, on to the plot we go. Take it away. All right. When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England tourist town of Amity Island, police chief Martin Brody wants to close the beaches on 4th of July weekend. But the mayor overrules him, fearing the loss of the tourist revenue will cripple the town. Shark expert Matt Hooper and grizzled ship captain Quint offer to help Brody capture the killer beast and the trio engage in an epic battle of man versus nature. That is some dramatic reading right there. Why not? We got to make it fun. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. I was 13 when this movie came out, and I also remember that this was my first book to kick off the summer. Every summer I'd have a collection of books to read, and this was the first one right before it debuted. I think it was in June sometime. Believe it or not, I saw this movie with your grandparents. Really? In the theater. Yeah, it was epic. On the way home, I remember my parents talking about the movie. I remember that stood out from their conversation was my dad's fascination with how big this shark was. And the minute we walked through the front door, he got out his tape measure and he laid it out on the floor. Oh, wow. And okay. He just would, I never knew this. Yeah, he went on and on about how massive this thing was. Hmm. I, I think it left a bit of a mark on him. It I made an impression. So. <laughs> yeah. And later that summer, I went to spend a couple of weeks with the family in Naples, and my cousin and I would spend most of the days at the beach. I can tell you without a doubt that the opening two chords of this movie, that da -da, immediately played in my head every time I stepped into the ocean. And you know what? It still does. I think Jaws changed the beach for a lot of people back then and even now through the years. What about you? Oh, yeah. This movie is a big one for me. And this ruined the ocean for me. <laughs> for life. It, it really has. Um, this movie's amazing. It's epic. And it's life-changing. Clearly, it is. It, it is. And I'll, I'll get into it later, but it did affect beach life for a lot of people, apparently. You'll have a little fact later. Okay. I don't know what went through your mind or dad. I watched this movie courtesy of you guys when I was, I would say, eight. Okay, wait. At the most, ten. But you know why? You were into sharks. Okay, but come on, mom. I mean, you watched it and it ruined your ocean life. It ruined dad's. Well, that's... He's even worse than oh, he's the three worse of us. Than all of us put together. Okay, and I watched this movie, and I, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing at you. That's fine. <laughs> when I was a kid, 
I was obsessed with with Shark Week. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was like the end of the summer, week-long marathon of all these shark shows. Mm-hmm. I had books about sharks. You had sharks, little play sharks. And I, I found them super interesting. But I don't recall, unless it was because I was a kid and it just didn't register at the time, I feel like Discovery Channel back then didn't air I Survived a Shark Attack. Actually, you're right about that. I don't recall that being anything. I think that's more recent where things are getting a little more graphic. Right. So I don't think I ever realized that they can hurt people. You didn't make that connection. I just thought they were fish in the ocean, these huge fish in the ocean, and that they're all all the way in the deep. And I'm talking about, like, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you're a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. When I saw this movie and that shark killed the kid on the raft, I mean, I don't know how many feet close to the shore, I died. <laughs> I was like, that's possible? That was it. And then just this horrible fear. I still go in the ocean. I snorkel. I, you know, I kayak. I, I do things in the ocean, but I'm always looking around. I'm always paranoid. And... Who knows how many times we've gone to the beach and have been passed by a shark, and we have no clue. Okay. You do realize this, right? yes. (laughs) So they're out there. I know. And this really made me aware. But, you know, you were so into it that it was like, okay, I guess, you know, she could watch this. I didn't realize that you didn't connect the dots. Listen, I was a young parent. (laughs) I just just played it by ear. (laughs) Listen. The point is, the movie's amazing, but it has changed my view of the ocean. I respect it a hundred thousand percent more since I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would always be like, "We're going to the beach. Let's go in the water." And now I'm like, eh, you know, I'll stay waist deep. I will not go in water that I can't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. It really terrifies me not touching the ground. What about when si- you know? But what about when you're out there kayaking? Well, I'm scared. I am scared and, and most when you're, of the time. And when you're stand up paddle boarding or whatever yeah, it's called. I'm still scared. And the the other thing is that the water has to be clear so that I can at least anticipate <laughs> if I'm going to fall into the jaws of death. <laughs> <laughs> More issues. More issues. More issues. <laughs> And by the way, we can get great whites down here because there was one like off of Marathon that in the Florida Keys, I don't know, like two years ago. I remember that. That's true. Okay. But you know what's funny is because I remember when this movie came out, you know, the whole shark thing became a big deal and people knew facts and blah, blah, blah. But I, I remember at some point news stories saying, oh, no, they can't be down here in the waters of Florida or in the Gulf or... And apparently that's not true. It's not like we have signs that sharks can read and say, not allowed. Right. Or do not no, enter. there's a lot of sharks here. Yeah. It's kind of like that sign on the way on 41 with panzer crossing. Right. It's the same thing. It's like, how does a panzer know that they don't... Do you get what I'm saying? I get it. It's nutty. But it's... I mean, you can drive down the Keys here and you stop at any marina and look down and there's oh. nurse sharks in there. <laughs> and some other sharks too. Yeah, so. so still love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this movie has a gazillion facts. So take it away and let's start. All right, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gave it 98 and the audience 90. 
it's well-deserved. I, I agree with you. I, it's I think. very well-deserved. Yep, for sure. This was definitely a summer movie, and I believe it's traditional now that it's like a 4th of July movie because it takes place on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was released on June 20th, 1975. Yep. It is also a book in case... You did not know Jaws is a book and the author is Peter Benchley. Yep. It's a great book. It is. It is really it's a great. good book. There's extra little subplots going on in the book that are not in the movie. I understand why they didn't include it because, I mean, the movie would be like five hours long. Yeah. But it, it's actually more exciting to read than you think. I think initially I was like, how can this be a book? Honestly, I did. And it was great. Actually I actually have an old copy. I think it was yours from yeah, that's like my back copy. in the day. Do not throw that thing out. All right. So now let's start some movie facts. Okay. Like actual movie facts. I thought this was the most hilarious movie fact out of everything I found. The producers thought they could train a shark to be the shark. <laughs> I mean. Sorry. Hold on. I, 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 I don't understand how... They thought this. Like, what are they going to do? Like, hold, you know how they train dogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here. I guess they figured because they can train dolphins. It's like, no. This is not the same. And dolphins are mammals. (laughs) This is a whole different ballgame. This is a different beast altogether. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, I've got some entrails for you. Would you do a little flip? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh I was, I was really shocked at that. I, you know, and I've heard a lot of facts about Jaws for, for a long time. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times. I've watched, you know, the um, behind the scenes. I've read magazines. And this one was the one that stood out. I could not believe that that's what they wanted to do. (laughs) Anyway, the actual shark is fake, as you know. Mm -hmm. But it is mixed with real shark footage. So when you see some of the underwater shots of sharks, Mm -hmm. those are it is real footage that they took in uh, Australia. Oh, so at least that is real. (laughs) So the infamous Steven Spielberg is the director for this movie. John Williams is the composer. That dude. One of the greats. Actually, they're both greats. You know that he's already 89 years old? Damn. Anyway, we'll we'll get to that. He's an amazing composer. Did you like my composing before we started? I I guess at some point we need to go on YouTube because (laughs) people need to see that. (laughs) (laughs) I was composing people for this yeah. before we started because I had the music going mm-hmm. and we were getting in the in, in the, the mood. mood and I was a make-believe composer yeah anyway <laughs> Spielberg did not want to do the water scenes in a Hollywood tank I, I can understand he that. wanted every shot to be outside and they went to Martha's Vineyard which is up in the Massachusetts area and that's where they shot and it became very pl- problematic sorry because it was summer and there were tourists and lots of boats. And they had to clear the boats for the shots. And, you know, some people were like, okay. And some people And some weren't. people, you know, fuck you. <laughs> Literally, I think that's what the magazine said. Because I got a lot of this from uh, Life Magazine all on Jaws. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, at this house, we are Jaws obsessed. <laughs> I know you guys are. The shark's name is Bruce, who is named after Spielberg's lawyer. That's appropriate. He's a shark. He's a shark. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yes. There were three full-scale models of the shark. It was 25 feet in length, weighing 2,000 pounds. Maybe we should we should follow Grandpa's advice and we should take out a tape measure and see what 20 feet 
25 feet. It's, it's is. a lot. It's pretty long. Actually, we could just count some tile. Yeah, we could count some floor tile. Okay, it's bigger than this room, right? Let me see. Sorry, guys, we're counting. Oh, my God. This is a big-ass shark. That's really scary. I didn't realize that. That's now that scary. I'm looking at it as far as physical form, this thing will go through this room into my hall and maybe into what used to be your bedroom. <laughs> Terrible. The mechanical shark was a huge, huge issue constantly for filming. And it was always breaking down. And they also didn't anticipate the corrosiveness of salt water. Oh. Which it really is. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, we live here near near ocean. Know, the ocean. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if anything metal, I mean, if you don't rinse it with fresh water, you're done. It's over. Yeah. And I've learned this from my my husband because, you know, we well, he likes to go fishing. He loves Jaws. This is his favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so if you go fishing in salt water, guys, or do anything in salt water, make sure you rinse everything with fresh water. Otherwise you won't (laughs) have anything left (laughs) when you go to use it again. Corrode. It'll all corrode, yep. In the climax, they call it the climax of the film, which is when the shark leaps into the orca, and this is when Quint does die. It was supposed to be the money shot, but the engine of the mechanical shark, I guess, pretty much took a shit, and it didn't propel like it was supposed to, because Mm -hmm. I I forgot who, honestly, one of the production people of the shark Mm -hmm. skimped on money. To be accurate, $18,000. Wow. So it's what so it made the shark do what it ended up doing, which honestly I didn't really see anything wrong with it, but apparently they considered it hokey. Oh, when he lands on the deck, like of the just the orca. way he jumps, he was. I guess it was supposed to be more dramatic, or it wasn't supposed to look that way. Well, I could see that though. It kind of just like bah, plop right. right on there. And apparently Spielberg was super pissed, but. I mean, at that point, they had gone through so much trouble with the shark and money that it is what it is, and they do consider it a hokey shot. I mean, I I really didn't... Listen, for the few seconds that that shot yeah, takes, I think they... It's For fine. those days and all the mechanical problems that they had, I think they did really damn well. Like, I this agree. is a movie I would not re- remake. I all. agree. You can't remake this. No. This I, is an untouchable yeah, movie. Yeah, it is untouchable. Plus, these... These actors, the three of them, they're not replaceable. You can't replace it. Yeah, right. exactly. Ah, I agree. (laughs) Some of the film's best moments were ad-libbed, like the infamous, you're going to need a bigger boat. That's great. (laughs) That is. That is so cool. There are so many cool quotes in this movie. I wrote, I think I wrote most of them throughout my notes. Okay. But they're just... It's just hilarious. And you use them. And you use them. In your day-to-day life. And they've been used in pop culture mm-hmm. over time. Yep. There's this whole urban legend, I guess, because there's conflicting information out there. So I'm not sure what's true. Shaw, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus were supposed to be like enemies on the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, the magazine I was reading was saying it, they would clash on set. They had real tension, which added to their on-screen dynamic, dynamic because mm-hmm. they didn't get along. Their characters didn't get along. But then they also commented that uh, Dreyfus commented saying that they overall got along and bonded. So I'm not really sure what's true or not. I'm wondering if maybe 
Shaw was living out the whole... Quint character? Yeah. It could be... I forget what type... There's actors that do that, that they stay in character the whole time. And maybe that's what it was. Because maybe. in the movie, Quint really doesn't respect Hoopa. Hoopa. <laughs> that much. Ugh, love it. No, but... Eh, it is what it is. The point is, it made great characters. It sure But that did. was... There's a whole thing about that. Yeah. Shaw was often drunk on the set... And <laughs> I'm not surprised. And <laughs> for Shaw's infamous scene talking about the USS Indianapolis on the boat, the whole speech, they were Shaw was telling Spielberg, well, they were supposed to be already drinking and, you know, kind of lose. So Shaw suggested, can I drink <laughs> before doing the, the speech? Spielberg agreed, but like kind of like, fine. And he got too drunk that he had to be, like, carried off the set. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, carried onto the set, and then he couldn't do the... The point is, he couldn't do the scene. So he was, like, beyond drunk yeah. at this point. And then, apparently, he was, you know, he went home, and he was embarrassed, and woke up, I don't know, what time in the morning, called Steven Spielberg, and was like, did I embarrass you? What did I do? I'm so sorry. He blacked out. He didn't remember anything. Oh, wow. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the next day. He came to set at 7.30 in the morning. I don't I don't know if he was sober or not. But the point is, he came and in four takes did his infamous speech. Well, yeah, I mean. And it delivered. You know how much that must have cost them in production? Yeah. So. And remember, this is not digital. This is film film. <laughs> exactly. I can't even imagine. Well, and that they were able to do it in four takes is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a pretty impressive speech. It, as yeah, well. it is. The shark doesn't officially, officially appear out of water, because you do see it a little bit earlier, kind of, in full, like, hey, I'm, look I'm at me, here. until an hour and 12 minutes into the movie. Wow. Which is when um, Brody is throwing out chum, oh, the chum, and he pops up, and that's his infamous, I love that shot, when he has the cigarette in his mouth, and he has this look of, like, oh my god, I this just saw real. this, and then it leads to, you're gonna need a bigger boat. The famous Dunun is an E and F bass. Honestly, I don't know what that means because I don't really know about music. But if you do out there, that's basically what the music line is. And it's repeated over and over, right? It's repeated, obviously, until it crescendos into, you know, the, the rest Here of the I am music. directing again. John Williams is amazing, as we've mentioned earlier. And I didn't know. He did the score for Gilligan's Island. Lost in Space, obviously we know, and if you don't know, here you go, Star Wars, mm -hmm. Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, E.T., Schindler's List, and Fiddler on the Roof. And so many more, because I know and he's, so he's yeah. in everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I can't. And he created this theme, and he thought of it as it embodied the shark itself, and that it sounds, it's like the sounds of the depth I can of see the that. ocean. And I wow. can, I mean, it. He's right. I mean, look what it... You hear it and you automatically relate it to Jaws and Ocean. Mm -hmm. I, I can see how that is. And I think maybe the the deep that... Doo -doo, mm -hmm. That that makes... Sounds like what it would sound like under underwater. Underwater. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's cool, cool, right? Yeah. Jaws is the first major motion picture to be shot on the ocean. And yeah. they learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, the mechanical shark was a huge issue. They had to refine the script and the shooting, 
And basically the shark was hinted at a lot of the time, which mm-hmm. I thought at the end, and we discussed this back in, in Psycho, mm-hmm. that I actually think that added more horror and anticipation than just seeing it, especially seeing it right off the bat. I, I think agree. it added more. Like when they're in the beach and you are the shark when you're swimming through the people's feet. Personally, I think that actually makes the movie. The yeah. fact that your your POV is a shark's POV. I, I agree. The opening scene, they ended up uh, when Chrissy, that's the girl who went skinny dipping, it had to be rewritten because of the shark mechanism Mechanic. So basically, failing. that shark was a hot mess. It was a hot mess, but it ended up being a... Good mess. A good mess, because yeah. I think it ended up being great. So Chrissy was actually dragged back and forth with cables to simulate an attack. And the worst part is is that they didn't really warn... Well, not really. They didn't warn her. So she was actually genuinely surprised. Wow. That's That's gotta suck. I wonder... And if it hurt. Yeah, that's where I was going. And was she injured? And Who knows? Have you noticed that with these old horror movies, it seems like injuries happened a lot? Yeah. I think that's why now... You know, people have more stunt and stunt experts. Doubles doing their lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or their parts, I should say. Yeah. Jaws opened in 409 theaters with a record of $7 million over the weekend and grossed a record of $21 million in its first 10 days. That's amazing. For that's, back then, that's that a is lot amazing. of money. It is. It won three Academy Awards, which I did not know, hmm. for Best Film Editing there you go. Okay. Isn't that, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Best original dramatic score. No, really? I mean. Right. And best sound. It was also nominated for best picture, which I did not know. It lost to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And Spielberg was not nominated for best director. Wow. Which I thought was kind of shitty. And apparently he thought it was kind of shitty. I have to agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And John Williams won a Grammy. How unusual. For for this. How many awards does that man have? Who knows? He probably has a whole room for <laughs> right? it. For real. Ah, and this is where I was saying that I have a little tidbit. Beach attendance was reduced in 1975 and it was due to Jaws. Oh, I believe it. That's crazy. Oh, There's sure no number, but I mean, I was wondering and Lo and behold, there, there it is. Oh, I can of believe that. A hundred percent. I, when it came out, me just stepping into the water, all I could hear was that opening score. Right. Two little chords. What did you say? E and F? E and F. Yeah. E and F. Yeah. Spielberg actually makes a cameo, but it's his voice. Huh? His voice comes over the radio um, on the Orca. It's when he says, hey, I have Chief Brody's wife. Really? That's Spielberg. And at the beginning, when I think it's when Brody's driving around and they hear over the radio about talking about the local marching band going through town for 4th of July. Huh. That's Spielberg. (laughs) And there's a cameo by the author. He's actually one of the newscasters on the beach on 4th of July. That's him. Oh my God. That is really cool. I remember, well, I mean, you in the mid when we were watching the movie, you pointed it out. But I was. Surprised. I didn't know that was him. Mm-hmm. All right. And last fact. <laughs> I know it's a lot. The tiger shark that they caught, the one that they hang and they thought it was the, the shark. shark. Yeah. Um, is actually a real shark that they brought in from Florida. And it was apparently... 
disgusting because they f- they flew it in on a private jet on uh-huh. as much ice as they can, but because it was really hot, you know, that thing oh. started rotting. And apparently, if you really look at the scene and you look at the background actors, which, of course, now I want to go watch the movie again, uh-huh. you can see that they're uncomfortable because it smells bad. Oh, my God. Just the Ew. thought of it. So, it is a real shark. <laughs> wow, those were really cool movie facts. I like that. Disclaimer, everyone, this is going to probably be a long episode. Right. We love this movie. There's so much to talk about, and we have to make this, we have to do it justice. Yeah. I consider this one of the classics of all time. Mm-hmm. It's it's in my top five horror movie of all time. Wow. It really? may not be, clearly it's not as impactful as it was the first, first, first time you see it. Yeah, and but- it doesn't scare me like boo, but it changes people. It reminds you every time you see it right. about what's out there. And my husband makes an excellent point about it. How many people did it scare? Mm-hmm. So it really is a great horror movie. <laughs> Look at your dad. Oh, yeah. Dad is terrified of he water. He is terrified of yeah, water. Yeah, he is. So the point is it's going to be a long episode. We well, anticipate it. You know, the way I see it is this is genuine, genuinely us when we're talking about the movie. Yeah. And we have gone from being inside the house to the car to going somewhere else, and we continue discussing movies. Mm-hmm. So this one, even more so. Yeah. And it's rated PG. Yeah. I could have sworn when I saw it as a kid, I don't know if maybe you know or remember, it was R. Was it? I don't know. Has it always been PG? I don't know how this qualifies. It should, or at the least, it should be PG-13. I agree with that, but I don't... It's see, violent. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, I just don't remember even if PG-13 existed when this movie came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I, that's a newer rating that I can remember because I don't remember at what point that came into being, but... I do know that didn't exist, did I don't think back then. It was PG, R, X, and whatever else there is. Or G. G, general G. audience. Got it. Miracle, this wasn't rated G. Hey! Yay! It's a family movie. <laughs> All right, let's Let, get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into the movie because we've got a lot of ground to cover. All right, the movie opens with the infamous theme song. Have you ever heard the original trailer? No. Okay, we're going to have to listen to it in a okay. little bit. No, 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 this isn't, let's listen now. Okay, you have to I'm hear I'm curious. This because I remember this commercial. Okay. All right, let's listen to it. There is a creature alive today. Wow, that is so vintage. That guy made a lot of those trailer he voiceovers did. back then. Back in the 70s, I remember this guy, his voice was infamous or attached to all types of trailers, but... But he's creature. good for horror. Yeah, and the way he said there was a creature alive so dramatic. today. It's so dramatic. And I then you've it. got the EF score. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to call now it you that. like it, huh? Yes, I do. <laughs> Playing in the background. How? And and yeah. here's the thing is I remember the commercials. Cool. That's pretty cool. I like it. That was a good little piece of history there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, let's get on with the movie or we're yeah. never going to finish. Yeah. Okay, there's a, a hippie party. I'm calling it a hippie party. You know, bonfire on the beach. And it's this girl and a guy. Chrissy is the girl. I don't remember the guy's name. She's like, let's go swimming. 
and it's I call it I think it's like sunset mm -hmm. because it looks it's not completely dark. No, it's not. So what is it? Dusk? I think so. It's dusk. We talked about it during yeah. the movie how like at some parts it looks dark then it looks like it's sunset. Yeah. So, so let's call yeah. it dusk. Yeah. And she's running. They're both drunk. For sure, he, I mean, the guy is totally drunk mm -hmm. or high or a mix of both. Right. And she's stripping, so she's going skinny dipping, and the guy's like, I'm coming, I'm coming, and he passes out on the sand, and she I, goes swimming. And, you know, she's swimming she's and enjoying. She's doing, like, a little bit of a ballet. She's really liking it. And then she gets a little nibble. Mm-hmm. And then the nibble turns into a shark attack. <laughs> What's cool about this scene is as we mentioned, you don't see a shark. No, it's you all don't. hinted at. And what's worse is that this thing is what you, what can you assume? It's chomping on her legs, right? And if it's dragging her, it's probably farther up now. Mm -hmm. Like maybe on her Ugh. like pelvis. Yes. That's gotta be terrible. And you see her dragging her, you know, getting dragged around. And what really gets me and gives me chills is she says it hurts. She screams, it hurts. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm getting chills <laughs> Yeah, now. I can imagine it hurts, and this is why I fear the ocean. <laughs> like, that's got to suck. And then it's just her screaming, help, it hurts. Her Scream. screaming is palpable. You can it is. feel it. Like, yeah. you feel it. You can almost feel what she's feeling. And then she goes under, and it's over. And it's done, yeah. And it's done. And that's just so dramatic. I mean, it's what, the first... Less than 10 minutes of the film. Let's talk about that for a minute because that moment that she goes under mm -hmm. is probably, from for that opening scene, probably the most terrifying moment because it it says game over yeah. for that person. Yep. It's, it's done. We cut to the next scene and we meet Chief Martin Brody, who is played by Roy Scheider. He's apparently moved from the big city of New York to this small... Cape Cod town-ish looking town called Amity Island. Oh, and not even a town, it's an island. Because mm -hmm. they, they kind of bring that up a bunch of times. He, he's not an islander, he's not a local. He's not a local, the whole night. The whole shebang. And, you know, he's getting up and you see that he has he has a family, he has a wife and two two sons and a dog. He gets a call. The call. The call. He goes to the beach and he finds... The, the gentleman who passed out. <laughs> and they find the remains of who was Chrissy. Yeah. And all you see is like a hand and it, I think it had like rings on it. And, and it's hinted at. And oh yeah. It's all hinted at. Oh, another fun fact. Instead of using a fake arm, because Steven Spielberg said it looked too fake, it's an actual arm, not of a dead person. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> It's because if you look at the shot, it's like an angle. Mm -hmm. It's a real woman's arm. You just don't see the rest of her. She's kind of like buried. Yeah, right. And so it's a real well, arm. Well, I think that's, I would have used a real arm. What's the point of buying a prosthetic or something like yeah. that that you would put there in place of? He heads, now he heads into the town and he goes to the police station. He's, he's frazzled. He's shaken by this because what caused this? And this is a small island where I'm sure nothing major happens. Crime-wise. Right. And you can tell because when he's going into the police station, he's getting complaints about kids from the karate school karate chopping a white picket fence. <laughs> really? Like, how is that urgent? <laughs> yeah, okay. he, he gets accosted by the locals like, 
oh, right. this guy is making noise or whatever. And, and it's just, you see how just homogenized small. or small this little town is or island right. is. So this is actually a big deal. So he's getting to the, the police station, freaking out, and he wants to close the beach. He wants signs saying to close the beaches. Mm -hmm. And he gets a call from the medical examiner and you see him on the typewriter filling out the death certificate or a report or Mm -hmm. something. And he writes, you don't hear it. It's not said. It's not verbalized. You just see the shot of him typing shark attack. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. It is. Brody has, I'm going to, I guess, a deputy assistant. Mm Mm-hmm. And he asked him, do you have closed, you know, beach clothes sign? And said no. So you see Chief Brody going to the hardware store to make signs. Right. And then he hands it off to the deputy because he happens to drive by. He finds out that there's these um, kids out in the water doing merit badges. So Brody, of course, is freaking. He wants to go. There's no phone That's right. out there. And clearly there's no cell phone. Nope. He has to physically go there. And to get there, he has to take a ferry. And the mayor bombards him on this ferry. Yeah. With the medical examiner in tow. Mm -hmm. And the mayor's like, you can't close the beach because this town thrives on tourism and makes the money. Okay. I got to say something about that scene. If if I remember correctly, this, this guy, the mayor... Wears the most funkiest stuff ever. Yeah, he his suits are something else. Because this, I think in this in this instance, he's in the suit with little anchors. I on think it. so. I, I think he wears anchors. it in different, <laughs> in different scenes, scenes and colors. It's like, like, uh huh. <laughs> Can we take you serious? I don't know. They tell Brody all this, and then he, the mayor, managed to convince the medical examiner to say that it's a a boating accident or something, not a shark attack. And Brody's like, really? You just said it? I mean, come on. So, so this is a big issue between Brody and the mayor the whole movie. Because the mayor just has dollar signs. Right. And I get it. But at the same time, he's putting people's lives at risk and that's not what he's seeing all he's concerned about is that this is going to crush the island's economy they make their money for that year from the tourism right so i get it but at the same time it's like come on dude and actually you're saying that this is putting people's lives at risk with the shark you can also look at it from the mayor's point of view this is putting their lives at risk because if they're poor for the summer that's putting the town's people's lives at risk, too. Exactly. Their livelihood, yep. So you can see both sides. It's Mm -hmm. a very difficult decision, and it causes many problems, as we will see. Oh, yes. The beaches are not closed. People are at the beach. It's not Fourth of July yet. It's just a casual day at the beach. Mm -hmm. Chief Brody's there, his wife... His kids. Everybody's at the beach. Everybody. So, he's got one killer job, I though. mean, in theory. It, I mean, I mean, he's chilling. Yeah, he's, he's just chilling. He's in shorts on a little lounge chair. Yeah. His just, wife is next to yeah. him, you know? Yep. And you hear, you know, the wife talking to the locals, and that's where you hear, oh, you'll never be an islander because you're not from here. Right. I'm like, wow, okay. We meet different people. There's the Alex Kintner kid, mm-hmm. okay, who wants to stay in the water a little longer. The mom says yes. There's a dude playing with his dog. And Brody is so tense. 
I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. He is just so tense. He's on high alert. Anybody who screams, like, playing in the water, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's just, like you said, on high alert. He's looking all over. You can tell by his body language that he is crawling out of his skin. Yeah, he's just, like, high alert. And this random old dude comes to him and says, oh, we know all about you that you don't like going in the water. And then here's another infamous line some bad hat harry that's some bad hat harry (laughs) i don't know what it is about that line that's just so comical and cool and it's actually a production company because it was at the end of some show Mm -hmm. i can't remember what i'm sure if we look it up we can find out but and they would show like an animation of it and (laughs) everything it was so cool so there you go another infamous line yeah there's a lot of quotes in this there are okay here's the scene Is this the scene? Is this the scene? This is the scene. You are the shark in the water, swimming through feet, all these people. And all of a sudden, the Alex Kintner kid, he's on this yellow raft, gets killed. (laughs) And like all this blood is gushing in the water. And you just see this poor kid like just going down and the raft. And it's just like you see this happening and... Chief Brody sees it. Every, I think pretty much. No, but we're focusing on him because I love oh. this shot of just this zooming in on him and his face of like, oh my God, this just happened. Because yes. he knows it's a shark attack immediately. It, yes. And it is a very, like you said, it is a very famous scene when they zoom in on him. It's, yeah. It's, it's a really cool shot. It is. Okay. This is the scene that ruined my life. My ocean life. I'm sorry. It's okay. But before that, we'll take a quick break. This is the scene that I realized that sharks kill people. Kills kids. Because I was a kid, Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking, oh my god, it kills kids. It can happen near the shore. And it was just so dramatic and scary for as a child and I, that was it i was like i was so scared at that time this may sound very silly but i was scared of the of the pool i remember that because i thought the shark at the deep end was going to come get me it took a long time to get over it i'm still not over it in full but to to, to go in a pool in a deep end and realize there's no shark in here <laughs> I'm sorry I traumatized you. Apparently, I've created a lot of trauma in you. <laughs> it's the horror but movies. The flip side of that is I get a horror movie buddy for life. So. And yeah. since since I'm always in this horror movie state of mind, I'm prepared. So technically, it's like a survival skill. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right. I'll give myself that pat on the back. <laughs> All right, the scene happens and everybody rushes out of the water. Everybody's freaking out and crying. Clearly, Ellen, that's uh, Chief Brody's wife, is where are the kids? And of course, the poor Alex's mom is like, oh shit, where's my kid? Right. And she sees the raft come up on shore, on shore with, with blood. blood. Yeah. Oh my God, that is, oh, it, it literally just gave me like goosebumps right now. It's scary. And it was very sad because you can tell that she realized, oh my God, it was my kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the dog got of eaten course, too. You don't see it, but it's of implied course. It's that implied that the dog also fly by. There's a town meeting. Of course, now everybody's panicked. 
freaking out and they're having a town hall meeting to figure out what are they going to do. You hear Brody say they're calling in an expert from the mainland. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You hear this one lady say, because we just heard the, the clip, I found it interesting. She says, if you close the beach, basically, if you close the beach for 24 hours, that equals three weeks there. That's crazy. That's a serious hit to that economy. So I can see the mayor's point of view. He's still a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe if he went about it a different way. Right. But he's just such an asshole. Yeah. But they decide at that moment to close the beach for 24 hours, right? Well, initially Brody said just close it. Right. That's when the mayor said 24 hours. And then that's when you hear that lady. lady. They're putting out these ads that they want the the shark caught. So now they're going to have fishermen go out and catch it. And here comes a wonderful scene where we meet Quint. Which is played by Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. You all know me. Know how I earn a living. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. Bad fish. You instantly know how this guy's gonna be, yeah. who he is, what he is. It's amazing. This, it, you're right. I mean, <laughs> He's like the, a badass. <laughs> you, the minute you hear him talking, his demeanor, his body language, like you know who this guy is just yeah. by him saying that. And then when he adds in bad fish, it's, yeah, he knows. He knows. You can tell he is the expert, but that nobody regards this guy. Yeah, but he's 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 an underdog. I consider him an underdog. You're 100% spot on with that. He is the underdog here. Mm-hmm, because nobody listened to him. Nobody wanted to pay him the 10 grand because, damn it, that is a huge-ass fish. It's clearly extremely dangerous. I don't blame him for asking for that. Mm-hmm. He's putting his life, literally, on the line. Yeah. Let's talk about this scene, though. Sure. So when this scene opens up, and you and I talked about this, there's a blackboard, which is where he's sitting next to when he says that. And there is nothing on the board. You can clearly see that the board is blank. But then they zoom in on him when this scene starts. And there's what? A little chalk-drawn shark with a little man in the mouth. Like, how did that get there? And that's a famous... I consider that a famous graphic, too. Like, I know that's from Jaws. Jaws. And I know it's (laughs) from that scene. And you mentioned, did he draw it? I have a feeling he did. He was probably drawing it while these people were bitching and arguing and not knowing what to do. Yeah, because I can't see the town people drawing and that. No, and, I can and, see him drawing it. And, and it's pretty good drawing. I'm looking at it now. Not bad. They don't hire him. They ignore him. But keep him in the back of your mind. All these fishermen are going crazy, like I said. And that night, there's these two fishermen that go and try to catch the shark by using his wife's holiday roast. And these people get owned. Oh, God, do they get owned. Okay, not only do they dis- they destroy a dock, like, thanks, asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now you destroyed that. I mean, they didn't catch this thing. This thing outsmarted this thing them. almost caught them. Yeah, they were almost dinner. Yeah. Holiday dinner for <laughs> the shark. So that was unsuccessful. The next day... Everybody's out on the ocean, overfilling their boats with people, their dogs, and chum, and rods. And And alcohol. uh, Yeah, everybody's (laughs) just going insane. And here is where we meet Matt Hooper. Hooper! Hooper! (laughs) Brody is super excited that Matt Hooper is here. Mm -hmm. Because he is the shark expert. Right. I love Hooper. I don't know what it is. 
I think it's because he's such an asshole, but he's helpful. And I like how, I just like his attitude. Honestly, the three of them are just like the perfect mesh of of characters that would never be together in in real life. Right. But they just had to be together because for Because of the circumstances. Anyway, the first thing Hooper wants is to see the remains. Of Chrissy. Of Chrissy. And he does... And he is flipping out because he realizes that not only is this a shark attack, it's a huge shark Mm -hmm. and they have an issue. And there's a real cool scene for that because he's washing his face. Yeah. That's how distraught he was. Yes. It wasn't a coral reef and it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. He is so distraught. He's. Well, he's pissed <laughs> off because... They put a boating accident. Yeah, and he's really kicked off that they would be so... Ob- not oblivious. Blind. Because, and they're not even that. They're just intentionally Naive. oblivious to this. Yeah. He well, realizes yeah. that this is BS, and, and he's pissed. You know what's really cool about this scene that I wrote in my notes mm-hmm. is that they don't show the remains. Mm-hmm. He talks about it. Yes. He talks about where the injury is all you see is when he lifts her arm Mm -hmm. and i think that's more impactful than just seeing a bunch of body parts right because you are imagining it yeah it's playing through your head as he's talking i at least me internally in my mind's eye i am seeing that me too it's a great scene and you're also imagining at least for me her getting attacked Mm -hmm. and this where the parts are missing i mean it's bad (laughs) so i think it's more this is where less is more and i agree this movie has a lot of less that to me equals way more Mm -hmm. i agree with that yeah they caught a shark the town is excited brody is excited and then you see hooper like not convinced because he knows that this is not the shark Mm -hmm. and you see him in the background Measuring. Measuring the radius or the 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 jaw. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. I know when I first saw it, I was like, oh, wow, they, they caught it. And it was just the shock of like, yeah, they didn't catch this and that it's way bigger. And that was a big shark that they caught. It was. That tiger shark was huge. And that's huge. where you hear people in the crowd speculating. And this cracked me up. Mm-hmm. One guy referred to it as a, as a maku. Instead oh, of instead Mako. of Mako. Remember, I started laughing Yeah, at yeah, that yeah. Part. That was good. And then I like, love when, when Hooper's like, it's a tiger shark. And this guy's like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> I always found that scene, that moment, pretty funny. They take the group picture showing, okay, we, we caught this thing. They're not listening to Hooper, but Hooper is able to get to Brody. And Brody's like... Great, because he he gives him the facts. Like the bite mark is doesn't it doesn't match. Yeah, Hooper says they need to open up the shark because it has a slow digestive system. Of course, the mayor, because he's an asshole, says no. And I mean, he made a good point. He didn't want the Kintner kid to spill out. <laughs> to spill all out for the dock is the way he. I mean, he it. has a point. And right on cue, the mother of Kintner comes and slaps Brody. Because she's pissed that he knew there was another shark attack and that he didn't do anything about it. And, and I love how the mayor didn't defend shit. He is such... A, uh, this is where he he really 
shows how annoying and asshole he is because he could have been like, you know what? It was my decision mm -hmm. to leave the beach open because of so, 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 so. Right. But, but he didn't. He didn't, he didn't step up. And poor Brody had to take it. And she's basically blaming him for the death of her child. Like, how can you project that onto somebody else? She's right to be upset, but now that's not fair on Brody. It isn't, but she doesn't know what's really going right, on. Right, but the mayor shouldn't allow that. No, he shouldn't have. He, he should he, take the guilt. He should have stepped up and said it was my decision. But poor Brody now has to he carry that. He got the that. of that woman's slap. Exactly. It's that night, and it's dinner time at the Brody residence, and... Matt Hooper shows up mm -hmm. with, with two bottles of wine. Red and white. Red and white because he wasn't sure. And I love how he sits down. At their dinner table. At their dinner table. And is like, is anyone eating this? And then he just starts eating Brody's dinner. He pulls a plate over and he just digs he in. He just digs in. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, okay. And Brody opens the wine or whoever opens the wine and Hooper's like, oh, you should really let that breathe. And then Hooper, not Hooper, Brody just pours. But he doesn't just pour into wine glass. He 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 pours into a tall water glass. Yeah, with pretty, ice. With ice and pretty much almost to the top. Your dad made a hilarious comment at this point. It's like, he poured a lot of wine. There shouldn't be any wine left because literally a bottle of wine has four glasses. He just poured almost three glasses of wine. Yeah, and then when they showed the wine, like you could barely see that it, you could see that it was barely touched. Exactly. Like it, anyway. only the top little portion was poured out. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was funny. Anyway, so they're having dinner and they decide to go open up the shark. Mm -hmm. And of course, as usual, Hooper was right. It's not the right shark because right. nothing comes out like, no kid, no Chrissy. It's the wrong shark. Right. And then on top of that, because they feel daring that night, they decide to take out the boat. Hooper has this high-tech boat and he admits he's rich. So they're trying to find the shark because Hooper said all this factual information about their hunting situation. Anyway, so they're out there and they run into an abandoned boat. But one that Chief Brody recognizes because he says it's so-and-so's It's Ben boat. Gardner's boat. Oh, whoa, you remember the name. Awesome. Sure do. Hooper being Hooper, he's like, I'm gonna go and check out the boat from under. He wanted to dive to see it, and I did find, like, why when Chief Brody was gonna have it pulled in. Yeah. Anyway, so he does. He goes swimming in his gear, and we get one of the most famous, like, jump scares. <laughs> it doesn't affect me anymore because I know it's happening. It's when he's swimming underwater and he goes up to this hole in the in the boat and this head pops out mm -hmm. and it's Ben Gardner. But before the head pops out, he's looking at it because he sees a tooth, a shark tooth right. embedded into the wood where there's right. a, there's a hole on the bottom of the mm -hmm. of that boat and then the head pops the out. The head pops out. It's like it's a very famous scene jump scare. Um, and it's like this, it's not even decomposing. It just looks like it's been underwater for right. some time. It's bloated there. And he loses the shark tooth. Because mm -hmm. this is, okay, I can see why Hooper went to look. Because he wanted to probably find some evidence, evidence. that the shark was the cause of it. And mm -hmm. it was. Can yep. you This shark went out of its way to hurt the boat. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. And this the is shark a, this was This is one the rogue tooth. shark. Yeah. Well, they did call it that. They yeah. called it a rogue. Oh, that's right. They did. They did. And the shark tooth was huge, but of course. He drops it. 
he drops Hooper it. Hooper drops a lot of things, apparently. Yes! Have he drops noticed? very important things. <laughs> he really does. The next day, Hooper, Brody are trying to warn the mayor again. Because now Hooper knows it's a great white shark. Mm -hmm. But because he lost a tooth, the mayor doesn't bite, he doesn't care. He's leaving the beaches open. And while they're having this conversation, there's that big billboard behind them. And the mayor is yet again wearing that anchor jacket yeah, again. Yeah. You really like his suits. <laughs> they crack me up. Yeah, I can tell. Um, and somebody's drawn like a shark fin on this ginormous billboard. Yep. And, and the mayor is like having Living. a tantrum. He's like, this is what you should be focusing on, Chief Brody. Who vandalized this? His priorities are not straight. Right. right. The beaches are open for 4th of July. It's officially 4th of July. And the hordes of human beings, not <clears throat> zombies, come in. Yeah. So you can see how they make their money. I mean, there are so many people coming to this island. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on the beach. And, and that day, I guess maybe the compromise was that Brody had the authority to have lifeguards, helicopters, boats, Everybody monitoring the beach. But here's what I think is weird, okay? Mm -hmm. You would think that some of this this would hit the news, right? Maybe? It's also 1975. That's true. I'm thinking of, like, now that would have been just, like, on everybody. Oh, yeah. By now, we would have found out within two minutes. Right. But, and, but then the people are not concerned that there's all this activity on the ocean with helicopters and and coast guard and this and the police boats and i agree i if i saw all those people i'd be like but no but at that at the same time nobody back then nobody would have thought about that right but i guess everybody's like yeah whatever we're, we're at the beach we're chilling mm -hmm. and at first nobody's in the water and then the mayor kind of like forced people like can you go in the water yeah go in the water People finally, everybody's swimming and having a grand old time. In the middle of all this, Brody's son wants to go in the water with his friends with like a, a boat, like a little sailboat. Mm -hmm. And Brody's like, can you please go to the, they call it the pond. Right. I don't know if that, I can't really tell because it is connected to the ocean. It is. I don't know what like makes it different. Or yeah, but it's, anyway. And the kid agrees. I think his name was Michael. Yes, Michael. Michael. He And he goes to the pond area. All these people at the beach. And then all of a sudden, they see a shark fin. Everybody panics. The police or whoever's out there in the boats, hey, there's a shark, get everybody out. Right. And you see everybody getting people out of the water and this mass hysteria. Yeah, people getting hurt. They're just trampling, trampling. over, like, the seniors. Yeah, it, kids. It was mass it was panic. Mass. mass panic. And lo and behold, we find out that it's two kids pranking them with a a wood fin right and one of the kids automatically it was his idea like <laughs> and i mean come on these kids were stupid okay but okay, they must a, have gotten their ass whooped that night yeah yeah for sure because that's pretty messed up like everybody's on high alert and you just made it but they're kids i mean it i mean, I mean it was funny but i mean it's mean it's hilarious but i, I think it's funny i'm <laughs> I sorry i think it i know anyway so the radio brodeo was a prank. And here comes, I don't know if this is famous. It's famous in my mind. This girl, this random teenage girl looks over into the pond and starts screaming. Shark! Shark! The shark! To me, it's amazing. 
It is. It is. It's it's famous in in my mind. It's just like you can tell how scared she is. She and is tripping out, trying to warn everybody. Shark, shark in the pond. She is so terrified that she can barely say it. Right. I know. <laughs> no, I gotta say something though. Huh? I, since I've seen this movie. I have always wanted to scream that out loud. Oh my god, I don't. (laughs) I know that I would, nowadays, would probably get into some major hot mess trouble. Probably. But that urge to just point and and say shark. (laughs) God, you're like the kids and the thing. I know, Anyway, Ellen goes to Chief Brody and says, Michael's in the pond. Mm -hmm. Of course, he freaks out. Everybody goes over there. And you see the boys on this, the little sailboat, and there's this random guy on his own little rowboat Mm -hmm. that comes up to the kids and says, are you guys okay? And you see, you, this is technically when you kind of first see the shark, but it's underwater. Right. And it comes and attacks that guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Kills him. And and Michael's watching this. Yes. Brody's son. Yeah. And you see his leg in the water when it falls when it falls yeah and you you know again it's that less is more you see the blood and now the kids also get dropped in the water Mm -hmm. michael's watching and he just goes catatonic yeah freaks out he's in a state of shock and you can his face because they zoom in on his face and yeah some of it is underwater like the bottom of his chin and and he's just fixated on 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 looking at that one little spot and i think it's the shark again i think the shark bypassed him oh yeah i think that's what's hinted at with the camera going around him yeah because he realizes this thing just swam by me yeah oh my worst nightmare (laughs) the next scene is at the hospital michael's okay just shocked you know and Brody, Ellen are there. He has to stay overnight. The mayor is there too. The mayor is in his own state of shock. Because mm-hmm. now he he has to do something. And Brody's like, I'm calling Quint. Right. And you're going to sign this paper. And we're doing this. Oh, and the mayor's smoking a cigarette. In the, in the hospital, hospital. Where there's oxygen. 1975, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they hire Quint. They're packing up the boat, and Hooper is coming along. Mm-hmm. And there's already beef when Brody goes to tell Quint, we're pretty much hiring you, and Hooper's like, I'm coming along. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that there there's tension because Quint is like, you're, you're a city boy. You have city hands. Right. You don't know what this is. And then Matt Hooper's like, I don't need this blue-collar shit, or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need this bullshit. Right. The point is, they all end up on the orca and go hunt down Bruce. Yep. Off they go. I consider this part two of the movie. It's like two different movies, but one movie. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Because the movie, I mean, clearly it changes because now it's just these three out Mm -hmm. in the ocean together. Yeah, the rest of the movie from here on is just the three of them and the dynamic in their relationship. And you see it develop. Yeah. As it goes on. Or unwind. Or unwind, yes. They're off to sea, and everybody has a duty. Brody is the chummer. (laughs) Or out of any, if anything, he should be the driver. Whether he's driven a boat or not, 
He should not be chumming. Because let's let's make He's this afraid clear. of water. He is. He's not comfortable in or around the water. Right. He is just anti-water, and now even more so. Right. But everybody has a role. Hooper drives the boat because he does have boat experience. Mm-hmm. Quint, because he is the fisherman, is mm-hmm. the fisherman, and <laughs> Brody's the chummer. Or basically like the bitch. He does whatever he's told, in essence. Honestly. The first scene we see this huge reel Mm -hmm. that Quint has set up with this huge, thick uh, fishing line. And he's set up and it seems like they caught something. And they argue right off the bat because Hooper doesn't believe it's a shark. He thinks it's a marlin or a sailfish or a blah, blah, And they lose whatever's caught. And they know it's the shark. Mm -hmm. And Hooper's like, stop questioning me. I know, don't tell me how to do my business because what could eat through this but a shark? Right. So so we also established like the testosterone and the the leader. So there's this battle of leadership and knowledge between Hooper and and Quint. Quint. Yeah. Brody is the neutral because he doesn't want to be here. He he's just here because I think he has to be and he knows he has to be, but he does not want to be. He would be rather here. be somewhere else. Right. Not in an ocean with and two people he doesn't know. Right. I will say, I don't know if you have noticed, Quint is very nice to Brody. Yes, but he's a dick to yeah. So I think he he is kind to Brody. He knows that he is out of place and mm-hmm. scared. Yeah. But, you know, he tells him, Chief, you know, don't do that. Just ask me ne- next time. Be right. careful. Because, you know, he's, yeah. I think he likes he Brody. Knows, he does like Brody. He likes Brody. This is the the most infamous scene of this movie. And the most infamous line in this movie, I think. And one of the most infamous lines of all time, I would argue. I think so. Because it's been parodied and used and abused. And it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And it's even better knowing that he made it up. Yes. I think that makes it so much cooler. (laughs) He's chumming again. Everybody's kind of like chilling at the moment. I think this is when you see an overhead shot and Hooper is playing solitaire Mm -hmm. on the top deck chumming. And all of a sudden, the shark officially pops out of the water. Kind of like saying, hi. I'm here. Okay, bye. And you see his jaws. No, no, you really see him. This is the first time you really, really see it. And the thing is that it pops out of the water as Brody is turning away. And then he looks. (laughs) And it's just this amazing shot of him snapping up and looking at you Mm -hmm. with the cigarette hanging out. And he is like, like, like we said earlier, it's just, he has this face of like, oh my God, this is real. It's here. And it is Oh huge. my God, this thing is way bigger than I thought, than we thought. Mm-hmm. He backs up into the boat cabin, because mm-hmm. uh, Quint is in there. Right. And he says, what? <laughs> here we go. You're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, how amazing is that? And how many people use that all the time? And he's he said everything he needed to say in that line, which is, Guys, we are fucked. That's what he's saying. This thing is so big and massive. Like, we we can't do it in this boat. He says it all with that one line. Yes, he does. And it sends chills down your spine because you realize how big this thing really is. In a way, that's almost foreshadowing what's coming up. Everything that yeah. happens now, including the end and everything. It, yeah. Because it says everything. Mm-hmm. So they start fishing... 
for the shark. They're shooting these barrels at it, like to mark it, but then see if it's gonna drag it down. Yeah, if it'll keep it'll keep it from going under the water so they have a visual. Yeah, well. They underestimated the power of this fucker. Yeah. I have to make a comment that I absolutely love Quint yelling at Hooper constantly. It's always, Hoopa, what are you doing? Hoopa, come here. Hoopa, do this. Hoopa, do that. I mean, it's just his anger. Yes. <laughs> only at him. And only Hooper, yeah. yeah. And it cracks me up. They have, it's funny to know that they did not get along. So, or supposedly didn't get right, along. Right, right. So there's that tension that mm-hmm. might actually be real because Robert Shaw was probably not happy with Richard Dreyfus himself. So yep. It was like... It was just so good. I loved good. it. It cracked me up, not because it's like funny, but it's just, it is. It's just so angry and barking orders at him. But you know, it's funny because this movie is a drama, a horror, but at the same time, there's a lot of funny scenes in here. Yeah, there are. It has moments. <laughs> it has moments. Now it's the night and they're having dinner in mm-hmm. the cabin, the three of them, and they start talking about wounds that they have from sharks or a broken heart. And Quint shows a shark. uh, I'm sorry. It's a tattoo that Mm -hmm. he had removed. Right. And Hooper's like, Oh, was it mother? (laughs) Quint says, no, it was the USS Indianapolis. And Hooper automatically goes, Oh, you said it a little bit ago when off. I was going to say camera (laughs) off microphone. (laughs) Mm hmm. That they, I think, earn a little bit respect for each other after this scene. I Quint think so. and Hooper. Yeah. When he realizes that he had that had that tattoo on him, you can see a, there's a realization on his face like, oh shit. Right. Brody has no idea what this is. Right. And this is the infamous speech from Quint. He explains what happened during this time, which is, in a nutshell, this secret, ultra-secret weapon, I'm sorry, secret mission that they're delivering the Hiroshima bomb. hmm And their boat sank. They delivered the bomb, but their boat sank. Right. And no distress signal was sent because of how secret it was. Right. And that all these soldiers... A thousand men. ...fell into the water, and they were slowly being devoured by sharks. Right. And he... Quint was in the middle of all this. And survived. And survived. He said at one point, a thousand men fell in the water and only 300 made it out, including himself. He explained the scariest part was waiting for his turn to be rescued by the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't know if at that final moment you were going to get eaten by the shark. Can you imagine? No. Because they were out in the Pacific. And they were out for five days. And they were out in the Pacific. Which is... I don't know if it's, like, folklore. I feel like it's infamous for being, like, shark-infested more than... Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're every... It's everywhere. But I I just can't imagine being out no. there for five days. It, you know, he said he thought one of his friends was asleep, and it was that he was half-eaten. Yeah. It was only his torso up. And, you know, I have to give credit to your husband on this, because... Mm-hmm. I had watched this scene many times, and for me, this was the scene where I would get up and go get a snack. Yeah, you, I found you would it, say that. I found it a little boring, and maybe because I wasn't paying attention. I didn't give it its credit where it mm-hmm. was due. 
But once he mentioned it and I watched this scene again, I realized how important this scene is to all of this because it's where that respect starts to build between both of them. Yeah. Between Hooper and Quint. And you see what he went through, Quint. So it is an important scene, and I had just dismissed it for years. And it's actually less is more. Mm -hmm. The story is very scary. Yes. Then we have a very lighthearted moment where they sing. Yeah, because they've already had a bit to drink by now. Yep. And they start singing this song. And this time, you and I sang along with it. We sure did. (laughs) It's a great scene. It is. Let's listen to it. Okay. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. And then they get attacked by the shark. Yeah, and you hear it. You can hear it. You can hear it when it hits the boat the first time, like a pop. This fucker is a fucker. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of is. Damn. So now there's this back and forth of chasing the shark. They eventually get three barrels shot on it and Mm -hmm. it still goes down this thing is incredibly strong not only is it rogue it's like super shark Mm -hmm. did you notice the falling star yes twice yes yes you brought you you told me wait there's another scene where you're gonna see it again cool right yeah it is and you noticed something about the music during this back and forth with the shark the next day (laughs) okay there's this part where they're, it, it's like, oh, they're all in camaraderie and they're running around the boat and, you know, all this. And all of a sudden, it it seems like Disney music playing. <laughs> you know, like something where it's, oh, look at this fun thing out in the ocean, the three men. Oh, and, it's adventure music. But it sounds so Disney-like. I know. But it's just, it's adventure <laughs> music. But it's awesome. It adds to the scene. The boat is sinking. Poor Brody. He's like, we're going to sink, aren't we? He's. I think he has a moment of panic. There's water in everywhere. the boat everywhere. Yeah. The I boat mean, is they, screwed. They are. The orca is just going down. Yeah. Quint gives out life jackets. <laughs> That's never a good sign. And by now they've already shot three barrels yeah. into this fucker. Yeah. Hooper's like, I gotta go in. Because I can inject him with, I think it's some kind of poison mm-hmm. or something. To, I, I'm assuming kill it. Is but, it to kill it? Yes, I, I'm it not really ki- sure. It is to kill it. Okay. At this point, it's to kill it. But what I remember from this scene is that Quint is the one who says this thing that you've got. Will it get him? Right. Will it kill? At that point, you realize that Quint himself is like, we've got to try everything because this oh, is okay. going south fast. That's what that meant to me. Yeah, that's a good point. And at that point, you see that he actually has some respect now for Hooper. Yeah. And Hooper goes in with the with the cage. With the shark cage, yeah. <laughs> Something else we were kidding about uh, when we were watching the movie. I would never do this. Uh, ca- uh, shark cage diving, whatever that shit's called. Hell no. I don't I... care how safe they claim it is. Kind of like that other shark movie we've seen. Uh, I think it's 47 meters down uh-huh. where the cage falls. No, no, no. There's no escape in the ocean. It's not like land. You're no. screwed. I would do it. Oh, I would do the shark would. cage Mm-mm. thing. I'd love to see that. No. You can't think like that all the time. I don't care. That's not worth my the risk. <laughs> it's not. Nope. I would do it. So he's in there. And of course... 
Bruce shows up and attacks him. And of course, Hooper loses the the thing with the injection. Again. Again. He drops something vital yet again. He drops it. Hooper does escape and he goes to kind of hide in some coral mm-hmm. or something under under in the water because to escape the ta- shark. Because he's got an oxygen tank yeah, on him. To it's escape. not like he's snorkeling. Yeah, to escape the shark. And they pull up, um, Quint and Brody pull up the, the, the cage. cage. It's empty and damaged. Mm-hmm. So now they're thinking, oh, there he's goes dead. Hooper. Yeah. And for a while, you think he is dead. Yes, you don't realize what's coming up, but, but you, you think, think he's, he's dead. dead. And even though he hides, you still wonder if maybe the shark gets him. I, I know, you don't know. I know when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, what happened to this guy? Right. And because he, he doesn't come dis- back up. He doesn't come back. So I, oh, the oxygen ran out or the shark did end up getting him right. after all. Mm-hmm. But we find out later. Yeah. That's not the case. Now comes another terrifying scene where this is where I'm like, how is this PG? The shark jumps onto the orca. Mm-hmm. Which is that hokey right. shot that we talked about at the beginning. Right. And, the you know, obviously the ship angles itself towards its huge mouth and Quint goes right in it. Pretty, I know. I mean, not right away, but pretty much it's feeding Mm-hmm. Screaming, Brody's trying to save him. It's just not happening. Yeah, because the the boat is literally tipping up, right? While the back of it, what's what's the back of a ship called? It's kind of like a seesaw. Yeah, exactly. Effect, and it's just you know what it's it's sliding all it's into physics. the physics. It's going to slide into right. the mouth. And poor Quint, you know what got me this time? I never put the two and two together. Is that he went through this. Indianapolis situation where he survived mm-hmm. the shark only to still die, get eaten by a shark. Yes. And brutally. And, and, and oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, when you see it, just take that final bite and he yells and all that blood's coming He's out of his gurgling. mouth. It's, it, that scene really freaked me out more so this time because I was hyper aware of it. Mm-hmm. And also we had just come off the story about the Indianapolis and... The, the part that he talks about his friend being eaten in half. Right. He literally just got eaten in half. Yeah, he did. I mean, how painful is that whole situation? It's bloody. It's it's scary. I felt so horrible for him in this Me part. too. I'm like, I, no. It's like, no, you don't want him to die. I don't want any of them to yeah, die. Yeah, I don't either. But, you know. But he, him after that? After what he survived. Exactly. And he just, Bruce, the shark, pulls back out and takes him under. And that, that's that's it. That's the end of Quint. Yeah. And now Brody's like, I'm by myself. I, he turns into actual survivor, survival mode. Yes. And the shark comes from like the side of the boat, freaks him out, and he starts shooting at him, but mm-hmm. he's not doing anything. So not only is this like super shark, this the shark skin is like Kevlar. Yeah. Almost, because nothing hurts him. Yeah. And again, because he's a rogue shark, we don't know what physiologically that does to that animal. I guess I don't know. It's a it's it's a movie anyway. But yeah. the point is, like this shark is just like impenetrable, right? And in in a moment of panic, Brody throws an oxygen tank into its mouth, mm-hmm. and then it disappears. He takes the tank with him in his mouth and disappears for you know a few seconds. The boat is still sinking. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much underwater. All that's left yeah. is the... Like the those, top. The mast. The mast. And Brody's hanging on there with this rifle 
the shark comes up with the tank and Brody says, another infamous, smile, you son of a bitch. And then he shoots him and then he explodes. And it's so satisfying to see the shark explode. (laughs) Fucker. I wonder if they blew up the mechanical shark at that point. I think, honestly, if I was the production team, I'd be like, blow that shit up. (laughs) All three of them. All of them. Every single one of them. blow them up because we're over this shit. (laughs) Brody is so excited. He's like celebrating because it's dead. Yeah, you can see the relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visually, see the relief on his face mm-hmm. when that shit blows up because man, it goes sky high. There's it does. blood and shark parts everywhere. Hooper shows up. Hey. I almost feel like he got away with like no, not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he dropped the thing and then he hid. Yeah, kinda. Kinda. Is it? I mean, would would you come up? No. But eventually your oxygen's gonna run out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he comes up and Brody's like, I'm assuming, like, oh shit, okay, you're not dead. And they swim to shore together. But then he asks Quint. Yeah. And And they were both disappointed. Yeah, it, like, Brody just shakes his head. Yeah. And it's like, oh, And Hooper was like, oh shit. I think at that moment, Hooper actually realized that he did like Quint. Yeah. They respect, I think at the end, like you said, they respected each other. Mm-hmm. They they did. Yeah. They're like, all right, can we get in on those? And they start swimming to shore. And as the rolling credits for the end of the movie, you see them getting to shore. Right. And swimming, that's where it ends. And that's where it ends. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Great movie. Sound and movie. I think we have stressed a lot about the sound that we don't have to go over it again. The point is it's iconic. It is. It's John Williams. I it's amazing. It has left an imprint not just on society and pop culture, but for me. Mm-hmm. And clearly for you. Oh yeah. And I, I gotta say what you I'm looking at your notes and it says John Williams is the shit. He is the shit. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot that. Yes, he is the shit. <laughs> Uh, everything that you said times 10, 100%, this movie would not be the same without that sound. Agree. All right, best scene. For me, it's always been this scene, and it's the scene where they sing. I One, I just like it. Like It's just a cool scene. I don't know. Well, I think I know. I just like that they get along for once. After all this back and forth, hoopa, all this back and forth, it's just cool to see them together like that, get along, they're bonding, I think they have mutual respect. Yeah, and for a few minutes, they're having a moment of fun. Right, instead of this high stress. Yeah. And it's just, I like, I just like it, the the them singing and the song, and it's, it's a sea song, so it's, like, they're... They're together. Yeah. There's nothing else I can say. I've always loved it. I love it every time. I always look forward to this scene. What about you? Okay. So I have two scenes that I really like. And the one, the story about the Indianapolis and then leading into the whole show me the way to get home. Mm-hmm. That whole scene is is my is my favorite scene now at this time. Because you go from the seriousness of this conversation to this camaraderie between all of them. And at that same time, that's when that respect and that bond forms between all of them. If they were 
dysfunctional before. Now they are functional because they finally found this common ground. Yeah. Um, Hooper found respect for Quint and Quint for Hooper as well. Mm -hmm. And then Chief Brody is, I think... He is kind of like the neutral in this, but then he's like, oh, thank God, at least they're getting along. And now he joins in in the song. Yeah. So I see that. And then before this, my favorite scene is when um, Brody is at the dinner table and his little boy is sitting next to him and imitating him. him. Mm -hmm. Because you see this love between the child and the dad. And it's it's a beautiful, sweet scene. We didn't really talk much about it, but that used to be my favorite but now this one, thanks to your husband, is my favorite scene. Nice. It also shows they start singing um, a different sea song immediately after the story from Quint. Mm-hmm. And then they lead into Show Me the Way to Go Home. Mm-hmm. But I also find it as a, okay, you told this story. There's nothing you can say. Right. There, There's no comfort. There's no sympathy. Like, there's no empathy because you definitely can't relate. Right. And what's the best thing you can do? This is respect. We're singing together. We have something in common now. We have an adventure in common Mm -hmm. that now we have a story to tell later. Mm -hmm. Because there is nothing to say. You just now, okay, you went through this. I've been through this. You've been through this. And now we're We're all going through through this, which they do. Favorite character. Who's yours? It's a toss-up. Between Brody and Hooper, I can't decide, and I'm not going to. But <laughs> but I will say that I was actually considering it being Quint this time. So maybe it's the three of them, and I'm not going to pick. I'm, it's hard. I just can't, because the dynamic between the three of them, that's my favorite character, the dynamic of the three of them together. That's cheating, but that's fine. I'll that's, give it to you. I can, and I'm not going to make a decision. So there. Mine and I... I'll stick to it because it's always been the I've, it's always been Hooper, and I said it earlier because I don't know what it is. I I have this affinity for angry characters. Mm-hmm. I love angry characters because then technically I should like Quint the right. most exactly. Um, because I always find them more dynamic and more interesting. Is like why are you like this? Mm-hmm. But Hooper has like this fake anger. He's just entitled and he's annoying, but I like it. <laughs> Yeah. And forget it. I love, like I said, I love him and Quint back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved Hooper. But my, but this time, and every time I watch it, I always have this empathy with Brody. Mm-hmm. Because if if I was anybody in this group, I would be Brody. Oh, you would definitely be Brody. I would be the one, like, I'm not supposed to be here because I hate everything. I don't like the ocean. I don't this is dangerous. Like, I don't know what to do. I just, and just his caring. I just like Brody's being. That's interesting that you see yourself as being in the Brody role. If you were one of the three, you would be Brody. I would be. Who would I be? (laughs) Go, go for it. Come on. You're laughing. I think you would be Hooper. (laughs) Uh, and now you're gonna get mad at me because I just like insulted him at the same time. I'm not gonna get mad. You're right because sometimes I can behave like that. Now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> I think you would be Hooper <laughs> with a little bit of Quint. <laughs> with a little bit of Quint, I can see that. Yeah, or like you just argue with yourself. <laughs> That's right. Shh! Don't tell people that. No. <laughs> 
I like it. I like it. Because I think you have the the sense of adventure from Hooper. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the I I know I'm right <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, but then you have the attitude of Quint, like, okay, we got to get this done. Listen to me because I know what I'm talking about and he is right. Right. So I think a little bit of both, but I'm definitely Brody here. Where I'll I'm take like, that compliment. I like that. You like that, huh? But and I'm you- definitely Brody the chicken. Like, but, but, the, but, but Brody is a survivor. Yes, he is. And you are definitely a survivor. I think I would be mm-hmm. more than I can. I think people underestimate. Yeah. Probably. Your survivorship. And I probably do it, un- I underestimate <laughs> myself too. I think you do, but I I could see you. I could actually see you in a zombie apocalypse, because we have talked about that, yeah. how we would fortify our area, Yeah. and I know that you would be a survivor, for well, sure. Thanks. Okay, so I wouldn't be the first one killed. Maybe oh, a, at no. least one of the last few, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just had an idea, which might make our podcast even longer. That's all right. I- I think that we should, when after we've watched the movie, see who we are in the movie. I like it. I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun because we've even said it before when we've over-talked movies. Mm-hmm. Who, like, would we survive? How would we react? Who are we Who in the movie? Who can we relate to? Yeah. I think we should do that. Who would we be in the movie? Mm-hmm. I like it. Let's, let's, let's. New category, guys. <laughs> My God. I think this is something that we should think about for next year when we plan out our entire calendar and uh, add it to our podcast then. Okay, sounds good. Best unlikable character. Ready? Three, two, one. The The mayor. mayor. Enough said. He's an asshole and you put it really well here. An ignorant fool. (laughs) (laughs) You like that, huh? I like that. Does it hold up? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yes. And it should never be remade. There are so many shark movies out there, and none of them compare to this. They've honestly turned into a slasher, but with sharks. Are you are you referring to those ridiculous movies like Sharknado? Like Sharknado. Deep Blue Sea was entertaining, but it's that. It's, it's turned into a slasher slash like, how many ways can a shark kill somebody? Right. Instead of adding something to it like Jaws did, Jaws added a human factor where it's just one terrorizing. I don't like any of the sequels, oh. by the way. I don't remember them at all. I've seen them. They they turn into that. How many more? What, what else can you do to kill people? At this at that, what I do remember maybe from the sequels is now it's Super Shark. Like, how much yeah. more can this? Isn't there one that's at an aquarium? Or something like something that. Something like that. I mean, yeah. I don't really remember the details, but anyway, and just the other shark movies after this, and they've turned into like B movies. Mm-hmm. Although I do have to say, I did enjoy ha- revisiting Open Water. That one was excellent. It was, but um, it's a different take. But because it, it, it adds a human factor to right. it, and I mean, the sharks are in it, but they're they're not in less is more. Right. It's less is exactly. And that's the problem. These other shark movies, it's all about CGI sharks. How do we kill you? How do we dismember somebody? Right. Over the top stuff. Yeah. And it's time for our seven rules. Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, don't turn on the light. What do you mean don't? You want them to turn it on. Do I? Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> the lights. Oh, I your messed own that rules? up. I messed up my own rules. <laughs> Let's go. Keep on. Rule number three, don't split up. 
Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement and the attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter, danger, why do you go swimming at night? No trespassing. Yeah. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board. I have in my notes, why are you going in there? As in, why are you going skinny dipping at night? Or dusk. Yeah. Or Or whatever that weird time was. And why are you going shark cage diving? Well, it was their their only choice. I know, but it was really at that point their only choice. He had to do it, but I understand. But I am going to say they did obey one rule. Brody did. He made made sure the bad guy is dead. Exactly. He made sure that sucker was dead. And then I also put they split up because once Hooper went into the cage, they technically split up and more hell broke loose after that. So you see, even in this, they break rules. This is why we made the rules. There's always something broken. Exactly. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Those were the rules broken in Jaws. Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? I gave it a one because I I think I just went, eh. At some point, but I mean, there for me at this point, this movie doesn't have a jump scare, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it's not scary. Right. I gave it a two out of five because I remember you're going uh, twice. Oh, okay. I well, don't remember specifically where, but you did jump twice. Okay. So two out of five. Okay. We watched this movie on Blu-ray. We do own it. You can also rent it on Amazon, Apple, Vudu, or YouTube. And if you find yourself trying to look for movies from streaming service to streaming service, we're going to tell you again, use Just Watch. It's a free app where you type in the name of a movie and it tells you exactly where you can find it. It is a great tool. Not sponsored, but thought we would always share. And hey, if you guys want to sponsor us, be my guest. By all means. Wow, Mom. We really talked it out. This is a long one, isn't it? It's worth it. I this movie so. deserves its justice. Yes, it does. And we have agreed since we started our podcast that we were not going to stick to only 30 minutes, only 45. Some movies require a lot of time in talking about them. And this is one of those. This is definitely one of those. I have hunches as to which other ones will be long, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And that's a wrap. That is a wrap. On Jaws. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Horror Cafe Podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and comment. And we have a website. You can visit us at horrorcafepodcast.com. Hit us up on the contact page and send us a message. We really love getting messages from you guys. We really do. We'd like to give a huge thank you for Rabbit and Red Radio for making us a part of their podcast family. So we're a pod fam. Yay. (laughs) You can find us on their platforms at rabbitandredradio.com and iTunes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys want to laugh a little bit more? Stay after the music for some bloopers. And until next time, bye everyone. Bye everyone. So, what's the plot? Okay, when a... When a... When a... When a bee? When a bago. Wanna be. Wanna be. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe it's so early we're still sleeping. <laughs> it could be. God, okay. Let's get into the plot. What is this about? Okay, when a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England... Tur- 
<laughs> I'm too excited. I can see that. <laughs> Roy Schneider. <laughs> Could remember his name. <laughs> Quinn is Robert Shaw, right? I said that right earlier? Yes, it is Robert okay. Shaw. For a minute, you gave me this look, and I'm like, did I not say the Wait, right name? Wait, is it Robert or is it Richard Shaw? Richard is Dreyfus. Okay. <laughs> God, this is going to suck. <laughs> We've gotten so good at <laughs> Who was played Martin, by Martin Chief Brody? Yep, I said that really stupid. Martin Chief Brody. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put that. Is this a what the fuck is that? <laughs> All right. Uh.